Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today we are continuing this series called The Family of God. We're studying the one another scriptures of the Bible, and today we are in Romans 12, verses 16 through 18. We are looking at the scripture, live in harmony with one another. How do we be in harmony with other people, especially when there are so many different preferences, so many different opinions, uh, so many strong feelings. How do we be in harmony with one another? How, uh, we're going to explain in today's sermon that Christians should have not necessarily the same thinking on every issue, but we should have the same direction of thinking that brings unity to our lives. Well, we're going to unfold each phrase of these scriptures, and I'm praying that it's going to have a great effect on you as you study God's Word along with us. So let's take our scriptures today on whatever device or whatever Bible that you use, and let's go to Romans 12, and let's learn from God's Word together. Well, today I'm going to conclude my part of the series, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verse number 16, 17, and 18. Last week we were in Romans 12, 9, 10, and 11. Today we're in 16, 17, and 18. Uh, we've covered so far in this series how we ought to serve one another. That was the first week. That was out of 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. And then we saw how we are to be kind to one another out of Ephesians 4, 32. We are to be forgiving one another. We, we saw Romans 2, 4, Galatians 5, 22, 23. That God's kindness leads, leads us to His repentance. And so it is our kindness to others will lead them to forgiveness, to repentance. And then we saw last week how we ought to love one another and honor one another. And that was Romans 12, 9, 10, 11. And now today we're going to see how are we to live in harmony with one another. You know, there's many one another scriptures in the Bible. And we're just taking a handful and we're studying those. But I think living in harmony with one another is certainly a message. It is a word that we need to hear from God right now today in our current culture. Because I don't have to tell you, I don't think you live under a rock, but everywhere you look in our country right now, in our society right now, there is division. Is that right or wrong? Sadly, it's even within the church a great deal. I'm thankful that within all the layers of leadership of Preaching Christ Church, I'm thankful that we are in complete harmony. We're in complete unity. That doesn't mean we always agree. Because, and how many of you know in our country and now, particularly in politics, we have lost the ability to disagree without being disagreeable. We've lost that, haven't we? Being in unity and being in harmony it doesn't mean that everyone always agrees with everything. You know the old saying, if two people think exactly alike, then one of them isn't thinking. Is that right or wrong? 
The Bible does not call us to have all of the same preferences or have all of the same opinions. But it does call us to what we studied last week, agape love. What it does call us to is to be in harmony with one another, to think along the same direction with one another, and to be in unity. Yes, the Bible does call us to that. And in the country right now, there are all kinds of divisions. There are very deep and very great political divisions. There are racial divisions. Even within the church, we must be so careful. Because while, thankfully, our leadership is in complete harmony, you know, there are many, many churches that are not. Many leaderships right now are fractured. They're splintered. There are some who believe the church should be shut down while other believes it should be going. There are some who believe with the pandemic right now that you should enforce masks. Others who don't think you should at all. We're, we're middle of the road. We tell people, if you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. You do whatever makes you comfortable. You do whatever you feel like the Lord wants you to do. But we're not going to throw stones either way. We're going to stay in harmony. We're going to stay in unity. And you know, right now, there are many churches that are not in harmony. They're, they're splintered. They're fractured over these, over these issues. So this is a word, I believe, in season for the church today. And what Paul writes to us, I think every single person here, everyone watching online, we can learn, we can gain a great deal by what the apostle writes to us by the Spirit of God. He says, number one, take a look with me. As many of you know, I'm blind. If you're, uh, if you're a guest today, you may not know I'm blind, so that's why I don't preach with the Bible. But you follow along with me and you help me. Help me not to miss a phrase here. Romans 12, verse 16, notice what Paul says to us. By the Spirit of God, this is what he writes. Live in harmony with one another. Now, the word harmony here is very interesting in the original language. What the word harmony means, what Paul wrote in the actual Greek language literally means, this is the literal meaning of the word, it means to think in the same way. In other words, to go the same direction. Have you ever been in a church that went opposite directions? Have you ever been within a work environment that's going opposite directions? Have you ever lived in a home that's going opposite directions? Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. The word harmony here means to be in the same way of thinking. It means it literally means to go the same direction. Now again, I'm not talking about preferences. You can have all kinds of different preferences. And they may be very different from me. You may have very strong opinions, and they may be very different from mine. I'm not talking about uniformity. I'm not talking about being cookie cutter. Everybody thinks the same and acts the same. That's not what Scripture is calling us to. But what Scripture is calling us to is to lay down our preferences, to lay down our opinions, to lay down our agendas, and to follow Jesus. And to go the same direction. That's what Scripture is calling us to. And he's going to tell us exactly step for step how to do that. So today, if you've ever been part of a church that went total opposite direction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, at this church, we are in unity. Amen? 
and we will stay in unity. And you know what makes us be in such unity? Because, friends, we are going one direction, and that is the glory of God. And if that means I have to lay down my preferences, I'll lay them down. If that means I have to put my opinions on the altar of God, that's where they'll go. I'm not going to dig in my heels to get my own way. There have been times that we've sat in this conference room with our leadership and I have felt strong one way and several of our leaders felt strong in opposite way. Well, what's the right response to that? Am I to dig in my heels? No. What does scripture say? There's safety in a multitude of counselors. Amen? We're to lay down our strong opinions. We're to lay down our strong feelings and we are to go one direction and that's the glory of God that's why we are in unity and that's why we shall remain in strong harmony and unity can we say amen to that so he says in essence Think the same way. Be of the same mind. Be of the same way of thinking. Now, why is he saying this? He's echoing what he's written in Philippians chapter 2. And even at the end of Philippians in chapter 4, you know, there's two ladies in the church that are feuding. There's two women at odds within that Philippian congregation. And Paul writes to them and says, I entreat you. Think the same way. Have an agreement of thinking. Again, it doesn't mean you don't. It's okay if you don't see eye to eye. But it means the glory of God matters more. Agree on the glory of God and and think the same way. Go the same direction. It's the exact same word that he uses throughout all this Greek writing. And then notice, if you will, go with me. Chapter 12, our our text. Look at verse 1. And Paul's really going to lay this out for us. Look at verse 1. He says, Brothers, I beseech you, or I beg you, or I appeal to you, is what it means. I appeal to you by the mercies of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, notice just, uh, let, me, let me not just uh, pass through this too quickly and, and understand this. He says, I appeal to you, brothers. I'm begging you. I am beseeching you, brothers. Present yourselves before God. That word present means once and for all. Once and for all. Once and for all. No turning back. You yield yourself to God. To the Lordship of Jesus. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know what the problem is with being a living sacrifice? You feel the pain. There are times you'll want to get off the altar. There are times you'll want to be comfortable. And God has not called us to a lifestyle of comfort. He says, I beseech you. By the mercies of God. Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Which is your spiritual worship. You know, I love, do you not love our music here? And we call that worship. I mean, it is. It's lifting up our hearts. It's lifting up our songs. It's lifting up our voice. But don't confuse. That in itself is not worship. Worship is presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And see, when you present yourselves 
as a living sacrifice to be holy before God, then out of that presentation, out of that yielding to Christ, then comes your songs. Then comes your worship. Then comes your prayers. Then that is true worship unto the Lord. And then he says, very interesting, he says, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be what? Transformed. By how? By the renewing of your mind. Now make the connection between verse 1 and verse 16. Think this way. Be in harmony. Have the same direction of thinking. Why? Because we have been renewed in our minds. We now have the mind of Christ. That's what Paul wrote. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. So because now we can think biblically, because now we can think the way that Christ thinks, now we can truly be in harmony with one another. Now notice what he says next. (laughs) Are you ready for the rubber to meet the road here? Do not be haughty. Now Paul, oh. Now, remember who Paul's writing to. Paul's writing to Christians in the city of Rome. If you've ever visited Rome, I had a chance to visit there a few years ago, and you can feel, you can feel just the pride of Rome. You can feel it in the air. And he's writing to Christians who are living in the strongest and most influential city in the history of the world at this moment. And he says, don't be haughty. Uh, I hope you realize our Western, affluent, American culture needs to hear this word today more than ever. Amen? Do not be haughty. If your mind is going to be renewed by the word of God, if you're going to be in harmony, you're going to think the way that God thinks. We are one direction. We are moving toward the glory of God. If you're going to think that way, then here's the biblical command. You cannot be haughty. In other words, we cannot be arrogant. In other words, we have to lay our pride down. We have to put it on the altar. And see, if we go back to verse 1, and we're going to be people that present ourselves before God as a living sacrifice, then guess what's going to be sacrificed on the altar of God? It is our pride and our arrogance. And so Paul writes to this church in Rome and says, Do not be haughty. And then look what he says, But associate. Yourselves with the lowly. Oh, hallelujah. But associate with the lowly. See, only the gospel can do this. Do you know what is at the very core, what is at the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's humility. For how did Christ come to the earth? He humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2. Even though he was in the form of God... He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death, the death of the cross. 
Humility is in the very heart of the gospel itself. And you're not going to have the gospel working in your life and be a prideful person at the exact same time. You'll have to lay down the pride. You'll have to crucify it. You'll have to put it on the altar of God. And Paul's command is do not be haughty. And you know what? You know what will help this church move in the right direction? You know what will cause us to move in the same direction? Is when we lay down our pride. You don't have to get your way. I don't have to get my way. You know what would make your marriage much smoother today? Is lay down your pride. You don't have to win every fight. Well, that got quiet. All right, well, let's dig in a little bit. You don't have to win every argument. Amen. My goodness. I'm blind as a bat, but I can see it from a mile away. <laughs> Woo! Do not be haughty. See, I don't know if you realize this. This command affects every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. How much easier would you be to work with if you weren't haughty? How much easier would you be a good teammate if you didn't have to win every argument? Mm. Do not be haughty. Then, notice what he said. So this is written for our benefit. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Help me out. What's my next phrase here? Oh, associate with the lowly. You know, yesterday, about 20 of us gathered to make sub sandwiches. We took big subs and went to Sam's and made all this food for Hunger First up here for the homeless. And you know, while, listen, let me say this carefully, but let me just say it bluntly. I have friends in the city and I got friends who have very strong opinions of what they think the problem is and how you fix the and then I've got friends on the nonprofit organization sides who are trying to serve to, and and they're at odds against each other. You know that, right? I mean, you see the Facebook stuff. I I've got no desire to fight with anybody and I'm not even going to engage in the fight. Let other people do whatever they... See, here's the problem. Everybody's talking, but who's doing? And the Bible tells us, associate with the lowly. The Bible doesn't tell us to do case studies on it. The Bible don't tell us to figure out what the problems are and how to... uh, uh, Sure, other people's do it. Let them do that. The Bible tells us to love and to serve. That's our command. So I'm not interested in the politics of it, and I'm not interested in the, you know, all this. Uh, I sat down with a high, very high-level leader uh, some months ago over here in our conference room. He's, he's big wig, whatever, other organization, whatever. And, and, and he said, you know, I think all over the place, people's trying to figure out things in boardrooms. Boardrooms? 
But, who, but who's serving? And there are some. Don't get me wrong. There are. Uh, listen, we can't do everything, but we can do something. Amen? Amen. And yesterday, about 20 of us, they put together 120 subs. And we took it up to hunger first. They told us, when we met with them earlier in the week, they said, you can't preach. You can come bring food, but you can't preach. Okay, well, I mean, we'll, we'll build trust. We're, you know, it's fine. We got there. Our people began to talk. To everybody, our people were praying with everybody. You could just feel the hand of God all over the place. Amen? Before we knew it, the leader up there said, Bring your pastor inside. Have him pray to, have him pray, have him tell his story. Amen? We went in there. And all we did, all we did was share our heart, all we did was share the love of Jesus. And you could feel the very hand of God over every bit of it. Friends, we're called to associate with the lowly. What did Jesus say? When you've done this unto the least of these, you've done it unto me, Jesus said. Amen? Deuteronomy 15, 17. The Bible tells us you'll always Always and forever have the poor. You'll never eliminate poverty fully. You, you won't. But you know what the Bible tells us? When there's poor in your city, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. We need to hear this, church. Because this is our backyard. Do not harden your heart, but open wide your hand. That's the word of God. Let's don't be haughty. Let's don't be haughty. Let's don't be haughty. Amen? Amen. But associate with the lowly. And then look what Paul says. This, this is remarkable. Then Paul says, never, not just sometimes, <laughs> never be wise in your own sight. What a word for our culture today. Never be wise in your own sight. The book of Proverbs says that leads to death. No, don't be wise in your own sight. Now, I'm, I'm, again, let, let's follow the logic, okay? Now, pay very close attention. Paul says to have the same way of thinking. That's what harmony means. We're going to have the same way of thinking. And in doing so, it's going to take out haughtiness out of our life. It's going to take out pride and arrogance. And when all that pride and arrogance gets out of our way, then we're really going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Then we're really going to associate with the lowly. Let me tell you, when we were up there yesterday, man, I began to think how many needs were in that. We were in the warming room. And I began to think about how many needs there were, addictions, all kinds of needs. And I began to think, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said, there's treasure in this room. There's treasure. There's a pearl of great price in this room. Amen? 
And what happened to you? What happened to me? While we were yet sinners, Christ loved us and died for us. Amen? And when you and I were in the muck and the mire of sin, God reached down and he got the pearl of great price. Amen? Do you have your phone in your hand right now at this moment? If so, go to your App Store or Google Play, and I want to invite you to download my free mobile app. It's called Awakened to Grace. And when you download Awakened to Grace, you're going to have hundreds of our life-changing sermons as we teach God's Word. You're going to have it right at your fingertips. Also, I want to invite you to visit our website, Awakened to Grace. Dot com. We hope you connect with us today.